Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. That's why I put it on mute so it won't do those things, my friend. That's better. Yes, you're silent. The one time you don't put it on mute, I I had it on. I did put it on mute. I did put it on mute during the intro. Yes, I did. I did. Then you took it off. I I didn't. Yes, you did. I didn't. I didn't touch it. I t- yeah, I know you did. I, saw I didn't touch it. <laughs> and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Mr. I pushed the mute button today, a.k.a. Ox1947, right there for you at LakersBall.com also as well. He owns a great company. It's called Simblades. Simbladeswithaway.com. Go ahead and check out what he's doing there. If you want your lawn transformed into something much more special than it is today, go to Simblades. Simbladeswithaway.com. Plus, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. There is no Lakerholics spotlight this week as both guys are going to be out and about. We are going to go ahead and do a Lakerholic spotlight the next week, but go ahead and check out their thoughts today on all the Lakers news and rumors at Lakerholics.com with Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet at Lakerholics.com. Plus your good friend Stone Hansen. I'm hoping to get him on tomorrow to talk some NBA draft. So go ahead and check him out today at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. He's been extremely busy right there. So go ahead and check out what he and the guys are doing in Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Our good friend John McCallion on YouTube. He just did a Thursday night showcase. He just dropped. So go ahead and check out his great conversations today when you subscribe today on his channel on YouTube. And speaking of subscribing, if you have not hit the little Joe right there in the corner on the right-hand side of your screen on YouTube, you are missing out on all the good stuff here at Lakers Fast Break. So go ahead and do so. And if you do all that, like and subscribe, follow us wherever you can on social media, because you never know where we're going to be at and what we're going to be saying on social media. So go ahead and check us out today. And if you do, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, I'll tell you what, the news and rumors are still running wild, and we truly appreciate everybody stopping by to hear them. It's so fun to hear all the stuff that's going on, the latest things that are going on with the new management and regime in Washington, in the D.C., in the nation's capital, they're talking about making some major changes, and one of them could possibly be a moving of Bradley Beal to another location, although, he, A, he has a very hefty contract, I believe it's starting at $47 million for this year, reaching upwards into the higher 50s, When his contract ends, I think he has a $57 million fifth-year option. He also has a no-trade clause, so he has to actually want to go where the Washington Wizards want to send him. 
So that's also in play as well. So the rumors are bound if he even wants to leave Washington. So if he does, where would he go? Here today to discuss that and also the Zion Williamson saga and also the rumors regarding New Orleans Pelicans. It's a good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and check him out as Ox Hunter 47 today at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe. Great to have you here on this late night edition of NBA Observations. I ask you, my friend, when it comes to what you're seeing with Bradley Beal, one of the teams that always is in the mix, and I know it's probably very unrealistic, nor would I want that option if given to me, is the Los Angeles Lakers. Every, you know they just got to have their name thrown Every in big name is going to be tied to the Lakers for leverage and, and and selling clicks. There's a maybe point. Zero zero one chance of Bradley Beal being a Laker, and a lot of it is because Bradley doesn't want to be a Laker. I believe Bradley Beal wants to go to Miami, and if there's a package that will work, I believe he will be a Miami Heat by training camp and to start the season. Anywhere else, I know there's been some rumors about Philly, especially with the James Harden thing being what it is. Uh, I've heard Tobias Harris, first round pick. I don't think that's going to be enough. I think uh, Maxi would probably have to be included in that. I would ask for it. Uh, the thing is, I ask you though, my friend, if Bradley Beal goes to any team, you're talking about an individual that starts, starts this next season at $46.7 million, ends up by the end of his contract, and he is going to pick up the last year in his contract. I'm sorry, it's a I said it's the fourth year on his contract because he's already one year into his five-year deal. By the time his last year comes around, it's $57 million player option. My God, it's obscene for a player, mind you, that has not hit 40% from three since 2016. Mm -hmm. Not even close. Well, I, I think Black Mamba 72 uh, se segued a little bit to what would need to happen for the Lakers to have a shot at Beal, which would mean a sign and trade of D'Angelo Russell for for Bradley Beal and obviously a package and draft picks. The the D'Angelo Russell situation got a little bit more clear for me uh, recently when I've had a chance to really kind of absorb what's happened since Denver won the championship. D'Lo had a bad Denver series. Uh, everyone has agreed to that, correct? Yes. Are you in agreement that D'Angelo had a really good Golden State and Memphis series minus a couple games? Uh, I would not agree with that 100%. I think he was in and out. Remember, rarely, did, rarely, rarely in the playoffs did you get a full continuous consistent game from D'Angelo Russell it was usually a period of time where there'd be a few plays where he got hot or a quarter where he got hot very rarely in the playoffs did he give you a great effort on the offensive end for a full game okay but he did he was effective in two of the four wins in each series from my yes. recollection there, he, he came in at times in that it's just he unfortunately the defensive end what he can give you there plus the fact again he is not consistent for an entire game in most cases right now with that we saw something happen in the other side of the the playoff series which is the eastern conference you saw jimmy butler have a good east run correct yes and what happened to him in the finals uh, whatever people are saying, whether it's injury or not related, it just, he just did not show up. Correct. So maybe we need to start focusing on that. Denver was probably the problem for D'Angelo the entire series. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think so because he can, he's just not athletic enough to keep up on the defensive end. It's we just, all know that. Uh, I was talking about the offensive side. Anyone who thought that D'Angelo would help defensively, especially against Denver, against Jamal Murray or Porter or whatever, uh, then you're not really watching basketball. But we need to not be prisoners of the moment. I believe that Denver had a lot to do with the fact that D'Lo didn't play well. 
I know D'Lo could have, should have played well, but he didn't. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that Denver played him well. Uh, it happened to Jimmy Butler, who was supposed to be the greatest thing that ever lived for about three series. So with that, I think the Lakers need to take advantage of the fact that this, the other side of this coin is that they don't have to pay him what he probably w- would have gotten had he been a a difference maker in, in the Western Conference Finals. So if you can get D'Angelo for $20 million for four years, you can soften the bad performance against Denver and hope that down the road he can be used as a last-minute trade for a star that may want to leave or and demand to go to L.A. I don't think that's going to happen either, but at least you have that option. And with that, he'll be effective during the regular season. He'll be effective in certain series in the playoffs and hopefully maybe work on his game a little bit more to where maybe he turns the corner at some point. Not on defense, but at least on offense. He ain't getting any younger, my friend. Yeah, but he's still young. Uh, this is not a guy that needs athleticism to be effective. He can still shoot. He is a somewhat of a tall guard. He can. He does have a quick release. There is value there. Again, don't be prisoners of the moment. Don't. Okay, one series that's throw this guy off the cliff. This is not just one series. There's a reason why Minnesota let him go. I don't care about Minnesota. I don't, what he did State. I don't care what he did before. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about this year. I'm and just he, saying there's a pattern, my friend. Okay. There's a pattern, well, it's and it's not prisoners of the moment. This is make, prisoners make of his entire career. On defense, yes, but he, you need to use him on offense. You need to create an offense that can better fit his skill set. That's where the coaching and the offense becomes, you know, for the coach, becomes an asset. Let's focus on that this offseason. You're going to have some of these guys that you traded for at the deadline for a full season this time. You're going to have a training camp. Let's improve. And then in that time, let's see if you can get lucky and bring in at least one or two guys that can soften some some blows in areas that you need help in. And that's, I'm going to say it before, my friend, that he is at a very critical juncture, you know, to decide – this season and maybe next, you're going to decide whether or not he's going to stay a a top shelf or even a borderline, even a medium-sized or medium-level uh, NBA starting point guard or if he just becomes a rotation player. I think his ultimate uh, you know, path is for a rotation player coming off the bench. I really think that having him as a starting point guard continuously is going to end up hurting you in the long run if that's the case then you can't sign up for 20 million a year but they will because they need the slot as you and i have talked right. about before so i think we need to coach it's, this it's, guy up if if he doesn't work out the next year or two okay but i think uh, a full season with him i think we're going to get a chance to see if that can be resolved i think just as a rotational player i think he'd be a great asset to a team as a six man coming off the bench I just think at this point in time, you are seeing declining uh, values from him. And I think the playoffs really, as you saw, my friend, I mean, you need, if you need, if you get him back and you retain him, which we obviously still need to do again for the, whatever slot, you know, you're going to want to go ahead and do, because you can't make up for that slot in free agency. You just can't. So you do need that valuable slot for a possible trade. And if you are stuck with him, you need to make sure you have a backup that can do, uh, you know, obviously, like what Austin Reeves can do or other guards of his ilk can do, be able to be more of a two-way threat that will help alleviate some issues for LeBron and AD in the playoffs. Two-way threat's never going to happen. It's going to have to be an offensive. Well, it happened with eight, He's going to have to be a Jamal Crawford type if you want him to be off the bench. He's going to be a perennial six-man of the year. Uh, on a title team, that might work, but not at $20 million per Oh, you talking about D'Angelo? Okay, I'm talking about D'Angelo. Yeah, fifteen per for sixty would 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 be that slot, uh, and that's not likely to happen. The question though is, who's going to pay him twenty million dollars for four years out there? That's the Good. question. Were you are you scared the Lakers will bid against themselves, which has happened before? They don't have to. They're going to let the market decide what D'Angelo is worth. There's no reason for them to, to, to push. The one contract that they have to be careful of is is, is uh, Austin Reeves. 
but we know, or at least we think we know that someone might try to sabotage the Lakers like the San Antonio Spurs or the Houston Rockets into paying them 25 million or paying Austin 25 million. I believe that that's what would, that that's what's going to happen because that's, that's what I would do because you can, you can, you can strap your competition and being that Popovich has the Lakers on his mind 24 seven, that would make a, that would make sense in trying to jack them up. Okay. I'm just saying right. it's, it's what it is. It, 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 it's a smart move in the end, just like Kawhi Leonard, when he left the Lakers hanging, he, he left, he, Signed with the Clippers, knowing he was going to sign with the Clippers, but kept them hanging long enough to get them to not be able to go out and acquire maybe someone like Jimmy Butler or go after Jimmy Butler aggressively because they thought they had a chance at Kawhi Leonard. It's it's gamesmanship. It's co- uh, competition. It's trying to weaken your enemy. There's you can you can use all those art of war tactics there in terms of you know. And worse comes to worse, if you're doing that and you're trying to give the Lakers a, you know, a really high price and the Lakers don't go for it and let him go. The thing is, you've actually got an individual who can still grow in Austin Reeves. Yes, he is approaching 25, but he's still not yet reached his prime. No, he hasn't reached his prime, but a little bit of me tells me is where can he improve? I don't know. I don't think there's any more improvement. He's shooting 40% from three. Uh, I guess maybe his ball handling skills can get a little bit better, but play make, playmaking as well. But I, I don't, I don't know. I think as, as he continues to play, he's going to have to adapt to the fact that there's going to be def- defenses now that are going to target him, target him and close off those lanes and get their hands in there to make him uncomfortable dribbling the ball in traffic. I don't know. That's I'm, I'm my my instincts tell me there's he's going to probably be this player the rest of the way, which is fine. Uh, I don't mind him being that player. He's very valuable. But you see this more as a plateau. Possibly. Absolutely. There's no other way. What what else can he do? Lose twenty pounds and start jumping out the building? I don't think so. Uh, <clears throat> like Knee Deep just said about uh, Zion. Zion has a lot of area to improve. Number one is he needs to drop 50 pounds. If yeah, well, okay, 50- we'll get into Zion here in a minute. We'll get into Zion here in a minute, indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. Before we get to Zion, my friend, I do want to go ahead and finalize our conversation on Bradley Beal. I understand that, you know, there's still people in in, in our chat on previous shows. They've talked about Bradley Beal. I would not touch Bradley Beal with a 10-foot pole. I would not want, even if he wanted and begged to come over to the Lakers, I would not want it. That contract is absolutely, I think right now, when you take a look at it, my friend, because there's still four years left on his five-year deal with the fit with that final year and option at $57 million. I think right now, given the level of production you've seen from him, the injuries, the fact that he hasn't shot 40% or even close to 40% from three since 2016, he's not a noted high-level defender. I think right now it is probably, in my estimation, the worst contract in the NBA. Probably. And it doesn't really matter because I don't think he wants to come to L.A. anyways. I think he wants to go to Miami. And Pat Riley might try and see if that's something that could work, especially with the window of Jimmy Butler possibly going smaller and smaller years the longer we go. Um, with a no-trade clause as and, well. And, and it, it, would, it would be a good setup for Miami because they've been able to acquire a lot of valuable talent without draft capital. A lot of non-drafted players, so it could make sense there. Where if you can bring one more 
very, very good player to help Jimmy Butler, uh, someone that can play similar to him in terms of getting a shot whenever he wants and dropping 25 points a game. Maybe, maybe if you, let's say you trade Tyler Hero, you trade Duncan Robinson, maybe not Duncan Robinson, let's say Tyler Hero, uh, Kyle I would Lowry. trade Duncan Robinson. He was a liability. As much as he resurrected his career in the playoffs this season, he was a liability in the finals. As much as we saw with, with D'Lo, he was a liability. There was everyone was a liability against Denver the last three series. It, it, it's, it, you, have to, you have to talk about that. Bobby Brown why, abused him in the playoffs. Why, why, why all of a sudden these guys that were running game on everyone, Duncan Robinson in the Boston series, especially Jimmy Butler, obviously the entire playoffs, especially yeah. against Milwaukee. Why is it that those guys all of a sudden hit the wall against Denver? It's because Denver made them hit the wall. Denver made D'Lo hit the wall. Denver didn't allow LeBron to be comfortable for any of the games other than a few here and there where he was able to muster up enough energy to get to the basket on a, at will. Anthony Davis couldn't really be consistent on offense. He was good on defense, but couldn't be consistent on offense. So Denver had a lot to do with the fact that these guys didn't perform with the way they, they should have. And that's something that the coaching staff and these players need to go into the summer saying, next time we're going to go a whole different route. Next time we're going to do this and that, whatever it is that would help them play better. Uh, Denver looks very similar to a Dallas Mavericks team to me of 2011. I know they're yapping about how they're thinking dynasty. They're thinking the greatest duo of all time. Uh, just the amount of stupidity that's coming out of this with Jamal Murray and Jokic is quite hilarious. I mean, you could, you could, you know, everyone looks at uh, Jokic and says, Wow, this guy's humble, and this guy's this, and this guy's that. He looks so disinterested after that win. It looked like it was a nuisance that he had to deal with anything, any hindrance during the season. And to me, that's the kind of guy that's probably going to not play as hard as he did this year, next year, because he's comfortable. Uh, and I want you to look for that. I know that that seems kind of negative. You might not agree with me on that, but I've seen this kind of – mentality before where they win a championship and they're like, all right, good. I did everything I needed to do. Uh, they're not usually that hungry the following year. Mike Malone doesn't have the temperament to be in it year in and year out either. He's going to get burnt out rather quickly. Don't be surprised if he's out of Denver in a couple of years, especially after they lose in the playoffs. So that's my prediction there. So the teams that didn't win it, they'll have the motivation to come back next year and play a little harder Hopefully there's some more talent, especially for the Lakers, to bring in that can help them with depth, with shooting, with size. And with a little luck, hopefully LeBron can muster one more season of, of, of some some of LeBron's ability, uh, especially during the playoffs. Try to go out with a bang. And, of course, AD, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, we can see possibly a Defensive Player of the Year award in his, in, in, in his future and maybe a top five or top three MVP uh, role. You're saying that after they win a championship, in the case of Michael Malone's, it's usually what we're seeing, especially with Frank Vogel. We saw it uh, in other places as well, Nick Nurse. It's usually about a two to four year window that you're given as a coach. Yeah, Nick Nurse Nick, Yeah, Nick Nurse and, and Frank Vogel are level-headed guys. They're, they don't get too Mike high. Budenholzer. Get too Mike Budenholzer. Mike uh, Budenholzer is – What's what's killed him in Atlanta and in Milwaukee is his stubbornness. I'd say it, it, his stubbornness killed him. He just refused to adjust in certain series, certain games. And I don't know why these guys do this. I just don't know why. Uh, I don't know where the, the, the mindset of, well, let's let's try to adapt to this so that we can hope that we have enough energy here. It's just I feel like they're, they're playing – they over they're over coaching. Budenholzer, I think his last two jobs, he just overthought the position a little too much, and I, 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 you would think being in the league as long as they have and winning a championship, you'd think that they kind of adapt a little bit better. But you know, apparently not. I don't know what happened in Toronto with Nick Nurse. That does that that firing does not make any sense to me. 
As I, do you know what happened in Toronto? I haven't heard. Anything it sounded else. like it was a locker room issue where the, the team just, as you know, coach. Let me guess. He was holding them accountable, and they 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 tuned him out. Something like that. Something. So like that. so the genius up there, the GM that everyone was just slobbering all over in 2019. Majuri. Majuri, who I'm not really a big fan of, uh, a little overrated for my taste. Uh, you know, it took Kevin Durant getting injured for him to win a title in Toronto. And yes, he did acquire Kawhi Leonard, but not because Kawhi Leonard wanted to be there. But that's a that's a that's a different story for a different time. But I, I don't I don't think I, the fact that you're you've been trying to trade Siakam, the fact that Van Fleet's likely going to be leaving here. Um, why would you trade a championship coach who's really good if most of these guys aren't coming back? This well, we'll is this, that, that, that that one doesn't make sense to me. Monty Williams, I can understand that firing, even though I wouldn't have done it. Uh, new ownership, they want to pick their own coach. Fine. Uh, Doc Rivers, obvious for obvious reasons why he got fired. That makes sense. Budenholzer, yes, bad decisions in crucial situations. Wasn't the first time. I get that. But Nick Nurse was puzzling to me. I couldn't figure out why they would get rid of him because I think he's top three coach in the league, in my opinion. Monty Williams, I thought, was the one that was kind of puzzled me the most, uh, again, for all the goodwill he has amongst the league and the fact amongst the players as well. But like you said, new ownership Yeah, but the changed. goodwill is not towards – look, first of all, Monty Williams is a great human being. He's a great friend to people in the league, players and coaches and executives. Um, but we're talking about this, the, the coaching part. Well, the coaching part he hasn't done half bad on. Hasn't, you know, hasn't done half bad, but I think taking a team to the finals, uh, you know, yeah, and, and, and I don't know. I maybe that Dallas series, he should have gone a better way in a different way, obviously, because they were heavily favored and lost that and got got destroyed. And usually that's that's a coach killer. And, and just basically on borrowed time, even with Kevin Durant being added into the mix. But you're right with a new ownership change. They want their new people in place and. Fortunately, Monty Williams and also his uh, battling with DeAndre Ayton obviously proved to be his undoing as well. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton was management signing him for obvious for for financial reasons, but he is not a top flight player. He and he and he which is terrible for a number one draft pick. Correct, and he doesn't show up when it matters. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was supposed to be a guy that closes out the 2021 finals he's supposed to help you finish that off and he can't he didn't um and the, who, who'd you pick over him you picked over Trey young and of course you picked over luka Doncic over him which is going to stick out for years to come so luka Doncic going to phoenix i don't know necessarily if that changes anything looking back on it now Trey young some were saying during the draft that he was going to be a uh a Steph Curry type, which there's some truth there in terms of his shooting ability, except his defense is terrible. Steph can at least play defense. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was probably, you know, hindsight, obviously it's 2020, but that might've been the right pick at the, at that time. You always go with the hype. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he, he had some potential to becoming maybe uh, what would be a good comp for him. Um, maybe an all-star version of Andrew Bynum. Could be, could have been. 2012 Bynum, where he played almost the entire year and was a starter in the All-Star game. I think that was kind of what he could be, except obviously a more healthy one. Uh, so I would I would roll with that, especially when you have Devin Booker. You have, you have the size now. You have the guy in the middle. You have Devin Booker. And you, 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 you've drafted well. You drafted real well, actually. But, the, you know, the the the, the – the, the, Putting that thing together, man, I mean, I, I don't know if these coaches really – I don't know if these players allow coaches to really use them. There's so much selfishness in basketball. It's just very, very difficult to make everyone happy. Another thing that 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 you got to give Denver credit for this season is how unselfish they were. And usually that's the team that wins is when they're not selfish. When the Lakers won in 2020, I remember talking about this a few times. Obviously, I, that was before I came onto the show. Uh, I go, have you guys noticed there's no noise coming out of the locker room? I mean, there was nothing. 
Not even a little thing. They really enjoyed playing with each other. They really did. It was quiet. You never heard LeBron say anything about anybody or any kind of passive aggressive, whatever. AD obviously always kind of too cool for school. He doesn't really do that. You never heard a Caruso comment about anything. You never heard Frank Vogel do any kind of innuendos. It was the quietest championship run I've ever heard in my life. And that plays a big part. I really do. I think that plays a big part in the team's focus and their ability to play for each other. Most of these guys don't play for for each other. That's why they're always talking at the end of every win. Oh, we, we believe in each other. and We believe in it's like. Oh, it's like saying I take care of my kids and I take care of my wife. I'm like, okay, I, I isn't that what you're supposed to do? Uh, you you played for each other, of course you played for each other. You guys play for the same freaking team. You have the same goal. It's your job is to win. Like, uh, so Denver's ability to Denver's chemistry, as well as their execution, is what won them the championship. While everyone else was grab assing and 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 wondering why D'Lo wasn't playing well and why Jimmy was going two for 14 in a clincher and why the, you know, the, why can't Jalen Brown make a shot? I mean, that's, that's kind of what, what you hear. So it's, it's a fickle game, man. It's a fickle game. And there's a lot of working parts, kind of like making a movie. It takes a lot to make a movie. It's probably one of the more difficult things you can do too many working parts. And then in sports, it's, it's, it's even more. Uh, of, of working parts that just kind of have to come together at the right time. Otherwise it's, it's a struggle. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We're talking about players in the rumorville, maybe heading to new places. Knee deep says NBA coaching today is very difficult with rosters full of 19 to 22 year olds mainly AAU experience or overseas in some cases. But yes, definitely I can't agree with that assessment. But Knee Deep also talked about Zion Williamson, and his name has been bandied about over the past few hours. And I'll talk to you about that one here in a sec right now as I explain the comments from Knee Deep earlier in the show on Zion's 280 to 300 pounds of constant pounding on his knees, ankles, hamstring, and and ligaments will lead to a short NBA career. I cannot agree more on that. We've seen that already as a precedent. So it is, you know, the athleticism, which he bases so much of his, his game on, is going to go away rather quickly the more injuries he racks up. And that Deep also said, you cannot defy the raw physics of his style of place, his bad diet, his lack of mental toughness, and his constant leg injuries in his early 20s will force him out of New Orleans that's something I want to talk to you about as far as when it comes to the destination of a possible move for Zion, because rumors have been abound that New Orleans is now looking to get a hold of Scoot Henderson in the draft, which I would say would be a brilliant move as I'm really uh, thinking that Scoot Henderson is going to be something special in the league. I've seen him live and in person. I've seen what he can do playing against Victor Wembyama and the Metropolitan 92s. And I saw that game and I saw the drive. I saw the ambition. He went out there thinking that I am the number one draft pick and not Victor. And he came out after that game smelling like a rose. And he was just truly incredible. I'm looking, seeing and forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing him play really, really well at a, at a high level at the next level. Knee Deep is also saying Charlotte or Portland. So that gets to my next question. Charlotte has the second pick. Portland has the third pick. The rumors are abound that New Orleans wants to move into those top three slots. The only asset they could get, no matter how many number one picks they have, no matter how many good players that they have, with good salaries and good contracts, my friend, the only thing that's going to make Charlotte or Portland bite is the possibility of Zion Williamson. And I remember talking to Magic Man Sean Grice a few months back about Zion. And I said then, I think, and everybody was just like, <gasps> about the possibility of moving Zion, even at that time, because, oh, he has so much potential in the games that he does play. You see how what kind of numbers he gets. I'm not denying his potential and his ability to play when he's on the court as of now. 
But the things that Knee Deep mentioned, plus the fact he's not been available at all for much of his career, or I should say not at all, but much of his career, the fact that he has not been available for a great bit of, of New Orleans run just goes to show or support my theory that maybe it's best in the long term to move him for a really good asset like the number two or number three pick. Anyone who trades for Zion is go- are, are going to have to get reassurance from Zion that he's going to be committed, especially with his contract, right? So mm-hmm. Zion... I- and Zion. I just well, let me just reiterate the contract. The contract starts this year, his extension at 33 million, going up in the final year, the fifth year of his contract at 44 million dollars. He is playing, he's getting paid LeBron money, and he's playing like Sam Bowie. So with that, Zion is billed at 283, which is a, a, a laughable joke. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he's closer to 320, 325, which means for him to sustain an NBA career of substance, he is going to have to drop 70 to 75 pounds. He is going to need to look like Carl Malone. Carl Malone was billed at 6'9", but Carl said many times that he was around 6'7". Zion hasn't lied about his height. He is 6'6". Six, six. Uh, whether that, I, I think that's with shoes on or not, I can't, I don't remember either or. But let's say he's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he is going to need to get down to 250. He will still be able to have size and he'll still be able to have his freakish athleticism. The only thing is his joints and his knees and his hips and his ankles and his feet are going to get that much less poundage. So when you look at 75 pounds, it is said that every pound you carry is three pounds of pressure on your knees. So you're looking at a hundred, no, you're looking at 225 pounds of extra pressure on those knees that you don't need to have. And that's just for a regular human being who's just, walking around in, in a normal life. NBA, the kind of pounding you, you, you're, you're, you're putting on your body on a court 82 times a year, playoffs, preseason, practices. Zion has to get down to 250. If he doesn't get down to 250, he's likely not going to have an NBA career that long. And if I'm a team that's trading for him, it, that, that contract's going to have to get renegotiated. Because I don't trust well, actually. Well, there is, as I noted, and that was a good thing Knee Deep brought up as far as, you know, the the contingencies and clauses in his contract. While there is bonuses and incentives if he makes uh, All-NBA, if he doesn't make an All-NBA, all there's, there's uh, obviously some things there as well. But there's also protections uh, to be determined by weight, and he must be less than 295 pounds, I, uh, I think, coming into training camp, and the body fat monitored throughout the season. Otherwise, he does take financial hits. So there is some protections already in place on this contract. I still feel that New Orleans getting the pick that year was a detriment to his career. New Orleans is not as exactly the this- New Orleans, in a lot of ways, is the South version of Minnesota. It's a, it's kind of a purgatory franchise. You need a Zion was supposed to be the next big thing. Um, I think we tend to overrate guys a lot. He had the ability to do it, but obviously, it's not going. It's not happening. But I think going to New Orleans didn't help. I think had he gone to the Knicks, let's say, I think there would have been a little bit more motivation for him to be in shape and do his thing. And and a theory of mine is he's trying to get out of New Orleans too. That might be what he's trying to do. And maybe he changes his tune when he leaves. I don't know. Because it doesn't make any sense. Zion, from every interview I saw him and, and, and teammates and all that, he seems like a pretty bright guy. But can't seem to make a commitment that he's a professional basketball player. And 
And on top of that, he's got the baby mama drama where, you know, there's several ladies now, I guess, in his life that he now is either tying himself to or financially tying himself to. And uh, as Needy pointed out, I was going to mention that here at the back end of it, you know, that part of his life, that tabloid part of his life is now coming to light in, in the past couple of weeks. So it's been noted that and this is, you know, I guess the young man who is playing the field and the field is playing him back, so to speak, as well. Uh, but all in all, my friend, when I ask you this, if you're Portland or Charlotte, Charlotte's number two pick, Portland's number three, do you consider the options if New Orleans calls and wants the number two t- number two pick for Zion Williamson? And do you pull the trigger on it? You have to have some kind of assurance that Zion's going to be committed. How do you how do you get that? How do you get that? You can't risk you can't risk trading possibly three really really well scooting. Let's say Brandon, right? That's those guys could be stars, right? Well, well, Scoot would come to Charlotte and Zion would go. Uh, no, so just, uh, would come to okay. New Orleans and Zion would go to Charlotte. Charlotte has the second pick. Yeah, and Portland has the third pick. Portland and New Orleans has the third. Right. So, uh, I guess Portland would would. I guess it'd be worth the risk for them. Because I think Scoot is going to be a star, and I think Victor, I think Victor's going to be a star, barring any injuries. Everyone else is kind of a crapshoot. I mean, if you're in Charlotte, when are you going to get a, that kind of player possibility walking in your door? What kind of player are you getting, though? Are you talking about Scoot, or are you talking about Zion? Uh, Zion. Yeah, uh, I would. I wouldn't risk if I was Charlotte. I don't blame you. I'm not saying I blame you, but the potential yeah. is there. The potential yeah, is there. But... Charlotte has no business talking about potential. They need to get the next best thing. And there might be some redundancy with him and, and Lonzo. I'm sorry, not Lonzo. Uh, Lamelo. Lamelo. But, but I would take it. I would. But take I, it. Would, I would rather risk that and say if Scoot outplays Lamelo, then you can leverage Lamelo and go get somebody else. I don't. I don't take a chance on someone who's not committed to playing. The only way I'd make that trade, in front, by the way, Lamelo is, is a is a very good player, but I don't think he's a star. I don't think he'll ever be a star star. Scoot has the opportunity to be that. He can be a John Morant with with hopefully without the the dumb decisions. So I wouldn't I wouldn't risk. I Portland. If I was Portland, they have a little room to risk because I think. After the after Scoot, it's a, it's somewhat of a, a hope and a crapshoot. Would it, would it appeal to Damian Lillard as far as his uh, long term prospects on wanting to stay in Portland? And that that has to play into why they would make that trade. I would talk to Damian. Oh, look, we have a couple options here. What do you want to do? You want us to go after Zion, or do you want to play with Brandon? Well, he would play with Brandon Miller or or Scoot. Yeah, something like that. So. Well, Portland's not playing with. He's, Portland's not going to get Scoot. Yeah, Portland could get Scoot if if Charlotte. Uh, no, picks. they're not. I don't. I don't see that happening. Scoot's going to be number two. I, I. That would have to be the. Well, I think he should be number two, but you know you hear I, all I these. Would, I would be in draft shock. Experts and I would half be in of them shock. are. I would be in shock if Scoot's not two. Well, I'm just yeah, saying. I, I just so don't. Know. I. I never believed that Brandon Miller was going to be number two. I just never. I, I, Scoot Henderson is going to be number two. There's no way he's not going to be number two, uh, and I don't think Mitch will make that decision. Mitch. Mitch was able to identify that Jaleel <laughs> Okafor was not going to be number two. That you know, he, he knows basketball and he knows that uh, Scoot's better than Brandon Miller. Uh, at least I think he is. Um, so you talk to Damian Lillard and you say, "What do you want? What do you what do you think would be the right move here? Do you want us to trade number three for 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 uh, Zion? Because I believe they will. I believe New Orleans would take that trade." I believe they do it. And the other thing is New Orleans might be shipping Brandon Ingram too, which isn't a bad deal because I think Brandon Ingram is, a again, a very good player, but he's not going to lead your franchise to anything. He might be a really good number three guy. I don't even know if he's a good number two guy. Very interesting. Very interesting yeah. comments. Yeah, so right look, there. look for that. If, if New Orleans wants to make a splash, if they really want to make a splash, they kind of gut that team and maybe 
start becoming Oklahoma City and start grabbing a bunch of draft picks. They already have a, a bunch of draft picks. That's keep, the thing. Keep, keep keep bringing them and then maybe package them for a higher pick down the road. I don't know. Uh, the NBA is really really tough. You can't. The, the the talent's too limited. You know the the next level players are too limited. You could offer San Antonio your next ten first round draft picks and they'll still say no to you. They're drafting Victor Wembanyama. You could probably give them twenty first round draft picks and they still wouldn't do it. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, There's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Again, with Zion's history, as uh, DD pointed out, that we have played as many games uh, as him since January 2023. It's funny because, again, uh, you know, you hear his name constantly in the news. It's not for his basketball skills. Lately, it's been for the drama that he has off the court. Uh, with seasons as so twenty nine games, is he, is he is he is he banging around with porn stars? Is that what it is? I think he uh, is. It was uh, caught in a conversation with a porn star, as far as uh, an adult movie star that uh, asking her to move out to New Orleans. Uh, as far as how much money did she need in order to go ahead and buy a place there in new orleans to be closer to him plus he's i think he's got a baby on the way plus i think there's a third lady involved yeah it's, it's all so, just so he's, he's 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 just like every other irresponsible jackass who keeps having children with a bunch of women right is that what you're saying i'm not gonna go ahead and say that but you're you're don't put words in my mouth you're just saying that i just think he's a young man with a lot of money yeah, and, and that's grounded. that's the kind of that's that's the kind of uh, mentality that keeps this going. By the way, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not very. I don't have a lot of respect for people who, who who make bad decisions like that because that's what affects society more than anything is bad decisions like that and the structure of things. But that's it. It, it proves why he's not focused on the things he's supposed to focus on. He's and too we've focused seen it- on. He's too focused on the bad things. And we've seen it played out on the court. I mean, 2019, only played 24 games. 2020, 61 games. 2021, nothing at all the entire season. And 2022, a whopping 29 games. So for me, I said last, uh, or actually a few months back with Sean, I'd say already try to find a way to get rid of him. Try to find a way to trade him if you're in New Orleans. So if you can get him, uh, you know, traded away for Scoot Henderson, I think that would be a win for New Orleans. No. I mean, yeah, yeah, it would be, but I the the other side of it is that'd be a terrible trade. That's a big risk. And no pun intended there. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah, a you huge know, not scoot, maybe Brandon Miller to some degree. You might want to give it a shot, but even then it's what if he becomes a star? Uh, you you can't. Uh I think after three you can do something, but I think more than anything, I think New Orleans wants to get out of that contract, and I think they'd be willing to throw some extra stuff in there. If that's the case, then maybe there might be a shot. But I don't know if Zion gives Damian Lillard a chance to win a championship, even if he is healthy. They, they I, I think they need, they need a little bit more. Damian Lillard will likely not be a Portland Trail, Trailblazer to end the season next year. I think I think Portland owes him that. Where he'll go. If the Bradley Beal deal doesn't happen in Miami, I'd say Miami's a, a big player in, in in acquiring Damian Lillard in, in, during the season before the trade deadline. You know his name will come up constantly in rumors towards the Lakers. Yeah, but the Lakers, uh, unfortunately, are a despised team by the Portland Trail Blazers. And the only way that the Blazers would trade Lillard to L.A. is if they accommodated Lillard due to his demand is request to go to the Lakers. And I don't even know if they still do that anyways. 
Knee Deep says, which NBA GM would risk his job on a Zion trade? I don't know. I'm just thinking it'd be someone who would make, uh, you know, it's very thinks he's very stable in his position that the owner himself would actually come to him and say, you got to trade for Zion. I think it would take a lot of factors. I, I, I just think right now, again, if you're New Orleans, you're trying to unload Zion for all these reasons that you've seen. Uh, but again, if you're the receiver of Zion, it's a it's a huge risk. An absolutely maybe huge Scott risk. Perry, maybe bring Zion to New York where everyone was waiting for him, right? It would have to be someone very safe in his job. Trade, trade Julius, yeah, trade Julius Randle and a, and a package to New Orleans and bring Zion to New York, and maybe he gets motivated in New York. I don't know. Play well, with Jalen Brunson. He wants to go to New York. That's the ultimate goal. But either New York doesn't have a package to get him there. Does not. They, have, they have enough matching contracts and some no, maybe but not little, desirable players. No, but I think I think what what New Orleans might want to do is just kind of get out of that that rut, get out of that contract. We'll see. Uh, Knee Deep says, Randall, does he go back to New Orleans in that possible deal? Is, I, I sure. believe he'd be part of the package. Yeah, I that feel would have to be. That would have to be included in the package because Randall is um, Randall's making. Uh, I'll look 20, it up right now. Twenty-four to almost thirty million in the next four years. Add in Fournier, add in the Derrick Rose contract if you have to, and then maybe, maybe, maybe try and get uh, Brandon Ingram in that deal. Maybe New Orleans would want to package those two. And then that kind of gives the, the the Knicks a formidable team. You'd have Zion, you'd have Brandon Ingram and, and Brunson. That might be appealing. I don't know. Last last three years for Randall is 25, 27, and 29. Yeah. yeah. But you're still paying R.J. Barrett uh, after next year, or I should say starting next year. You're paying him a lot of money too. So the, the, the Knicks have a lot of bad contracts, to be honest with you. I, I don't think R.J. Barrett and Randall are – 25 and 29 million dollar players even though i think new york would do it i think new york would jump at a chance for zion yeah i think they would i think it's worth that that they they can risk but you can't risk you just cannot risk two guys that are going to be picked two and three to for a guy that's not committed once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com. Truly appreciate it. I'm hoping tomorrow to get a hold of Mr. Stone Hansen from the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, who says he wanted to come back on to give us some last-minute news and notes on and updates on who the Lakers might be interested and who he thinks the Lakers should pick at number 17 because obviously that's still in flux at this time. Hoping Joe can join me for that as well. Knee Deep says, Zion to the Big Apple, even more off-court distractions. Oh, you know it, Knee Deep. I mean, you think the media is on him now. The New York media would be on him a lot more then. That's for sure. That's for sure, indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, uh, just wanted to go ahead and ask for your, your final thoughts for this evening on such a great evening. We finally go ahead in the wee hours of the morning. So before we head on out, my friend, your final thoughts on, on some possible movements for some players we've been hearing about all week long well you got i think bradley beal's been the biggest noise that's come out i think Mm -hmm. that might be the most likely trade to to happen out of out of all the ones that i've heard just because i think there's really nothing else bradley beal can do in washington and he is the only player i believe in the nba that has a don't trade uh, clause so he can dictate where he goes and the package that's coming I don't know why the hell they gave him a no trade clause. No one deserves a no trade clause except maybe LeBron, someone like LeBron in his prime or, you know, someone of that ilk. I'd say that's likely. It makes too much sense that it's time for him to leave Washington. Zion, it's going to come down to who risks their career for him, which if you're smart, you wouldn't, (laughs) uh, unless you're New York. New York doesn't really have any player on there except for maybe Brunson that kind of is a risk. It's just trading numbers at that point. And if he doesn't work out in New York, it doesn't matter. You got rid of Randall. You got rid of, let's say, R.J. Barrett or whatever. uh, Okay. The surprise trade, I believe, could come. uh, But I just don't know who yet. I've been 
feel I feel like there's gonna be some trades that are gonna shock some some people, and I just don't know who yet. I'm still looking into it, but we'll find out here in the next few weeks after the draft. I think that's when things will start to get hot. Tell you what, my friends, been great talking with you on what's going on in the NBC. You know more scuttlebutt will come about, and you know we'll report it right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Always, you know, my friend, it's going to be more tweets coming at you, more notifications, although you said you had them turned off. There'll be more news, and you know we email each other all the time with the entire group of friends that we have at the Lakers Fast Break. Do you want to make one last mention and congratulations right here in Las Vegas for the Golden Knights, which won the NHL Stanley Cup. Looking forward to having the city rejoice in a parade on Saturday. Hopefully it will go a lot better than the Denver celebrations, which seemingly cannot get by without having some gunfire. So I'm hoping it'll be a lot safer for everybody here in Las Vegas. This is much a welcome sight for them. And after the tragedies that we've had in our city over the past few years, hopefully this will be a, a great healing point for us. And we're just truly proud of our team. And I'll tell you what, my friends, a lot of fun here going on. People are very happy right now. So hopefully that continues through summer league when we see the Lakers draft choices. Plus also as well, we'll hear about free agency. Vegas is always hopping, my friend. Always good to see. Yeah, and it looks like the A's are going to Vegas. Yay. Oh, yeah, that's so great. I'm so Yay. looking forward to it. Yeah. I hope Ooh. you all enjoy your extra $45 a night yeah. uh, resort fee that you have to pay in. Yeah, well, only $400 Vegas, million. Dollars. My favorite part of Vegas is you buy a, you get a hotel room for 50 bucks, and then when you get to the last page – it's $89 for fees. Absolutely. Just those hikes. Yeah. This is why I don't like Vegas. I can't say that part of it. I, I blame the you. Last because... time I was in Vegas, the, the, the gambling, the, the numbers, I just absolutely hilarious that people sit there and just give their money away to these schmucks. I don't get it. I don't get it. I if if Vegas I know some of these people and they're not schmucks. If Vegas gambling burned to the ground, I'd sit there and <sighs> off each nostril. And I would tell you, sir, that Vegas is a great city. If you choose to gamble, that's your own choice. You can find help if you need to with our 1 800 gambling toll free numbers. You can call at any point in time. But don't blame the don't blame the messenger because everybody now has sports gambling and gambling in, in mm. almost every state now. So, my friend, it's Las Vegas. It's a great place to be, and I enjoy being here. My but you can't gamble. We can promote it, right? The NFL, NBA, we can promote it. We can make billions from it. But man, if you do one fantasy football bet, you're gonna get suspended for a year. You freaking hypocrite a-holes, all of you. That's what I don't like about well, gambling and the Vegas mentality and all these guys. You can do what you want, but the second the other guy does something, you you break them down. That's why I can't stand those things. That's why I get emotional about it, because you're all full of crap. Okay? You can do it, but the other guy can't do it? Come on. Really? You no, coming man. to Las Vegas for Evo? <sighs> get ready to know. pay for those resort fees. I don't know. I'm able to find ways to get around the Vegas BS because I don't gamble. Uh, I mean, I do gamble. I'll do some sports book stuff, but that's because I know sports a little bit, and I do win a couple bucks here and there. I don't like the attitudes at the book sports books. They, they look at you like you're a parasite. That's one of the things I don't like. Uh, about life in general, like if you're looking at me like I'm some piece of crap, you're you're gonna you're you're liable to get told that you need to stop doing that. So I don't like the attitudes over there, and I don't like the the dirtiness. And it's there's there's a lot of pathetic things going on there. However, the good things are the sporting events, uh, boxing when actual boxing happened. <laughs> uh, I am gonna be at uh, Allegiant Stadium September when the Steelers are in town. Evo is still up to debate. We'll see what happens there. 
All and, I'm saying is get ready to pay some of those wonderful resorts. Well, that's the thing that. is that's that's the problem is is they're, they're and, and again I'm I'm happy that the Golden Knights won a title. I think it's it's a story that's actually really really cool when you think about it. This is a team that went to the finals in their first season, yes, and won a title in their sixth season as a, as an expansion team. The only team that I think that's of the major four that have won a title earlier are the Milwaukee Bucks. There's actually four teams, I think, four teams, but I think a couple of baseball teams, a football team. I think I mentioned this week, there are, there are about three or four sports teams that are ahead of the Golden Knights on that. They're one in their like their third, fourth and fifth year. When did the, the Mets, how long were the Mets in the league before they won in 69? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I, been I think that. I think Milwaukee's number one. Milwaukee was three years. I think that Kareem, Milwaukee is the yeah. Number Kareem one. got drafted, and then uh, they won in 1971. Yeah. So. Yeah, I uh, just think that. Go yeah, ahead. I think I think hockey wise, uh, I it, it, it's their own. Well, to get also, it's, it's their on, own team, right? Well, the, the Raiders. I just. I don't, I don't look at the Raiders as a Las Vegas team. I, I, everyone think, oh, it's Vegas, Sin City, the Raiders, yeah. The Raiders haven't been anything for almost 40, 40 years, basically. They've been a they've been a uh they've been a they've been shaved beards. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be PG here. Shaved beards for 40 years. They don't have any mystique. They're a they're a clown organization run by uh, Lloyd Christmas hairstyle wearing uh, Mark Davis. So I don't, I don't really look at, I, I think, I think bringing the Raiders to Vegas was a, was a meh. Golden Knights, excellent. Preaching to the choir. I'm just telling Golden you right Knights, now. Homegrown, excellent. UNLV, homegrown, excellent. The A's, who the hell is going to go watch the A's in Vegas? I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. I do not did not want four hundred million dollars of the public funds be put out to this organization for an expansion look organization, or if an NBA team wants to be be expound upon when Seattle and most likely Las Vegas get expansion teams, that's going to be great news. But to get somebody else's problems like the Raiders or the A's, I'm not exactly in love with that concept. Never have been, and never will. Just uh, unfortunately, we're going to go ahead and see it here, whether we like it or not. I will say, though, that congratulations to a tremendous city outside of the Strip called Las Vegas, which Joe, I just hardly disagree with Joe Soro on the city. So gambling aside, I really think that this is a tremendous city. There's nothing to argue against. I, I already know what's going on. And it's uh, and so do I. I've been here since 1995. If you're talking so. about something outside of the Strip, yeah, sure. You know, I'm sure Henderson is fine. Been to Par Rump doing training there before. I think that's a you know those are good valuable places. But the strip, uh, the strip and the casinos inside, they're they're the lowest form of entertainment. Sin Sorry. City, indeed. But just I will go, say, just, just just go take your money and go give it to the to the teller. Just waste your life and waste your money. And these are the probably the same people that bitch and whine about the economy and which president's this and which governor is that. I'm like, well, what the hell are you doing in Vegas? What are you doing in Vegas uh, gambling? What are you doing again, all day? The, the city was not built on losers. That's for sure. I mean, the city was not built on winners. That's for sure. I would have, I would have loved Vegas during the Rat Pack era. I will say though, that I'm very happy for the Las Vegas Golden Knights as a individual who really has been rooting for them for quite some time and to see them grow to where they were today to see them not initially get the kind of love that they deserved. It, it was really hard for them to get the 10,000 seat uh, season ticket requirement before they became an expansion franchise to see them grow, to see them grow beyond the tragedies that they've had since then, as far as the, you know, the shootings and the, and the mass killings and at the Mandalay Bay or near the Mandalay Bay and all the all stuff that's gone on since then. I'm really happy for the organization that has been so much part of our culture and more, more more so much a part of our lives here in las vegas for the past six years so congratulations to them hopefully the lakers can soon follow that that's what i'm hoping for for next season hopefully we will not have to see any more Jokic losing his mvp trophy and wanting to not even be part of the parade 
And I'll tell you what, I'm just glad to see that that uh, you know that that NBA season is finally done with, so we could focus on all the rumors, all the innuendo, all the trade requests, all the trade proposals, and all the stuff going on with the draft and free agency coming up. Congrats to the LVK. Thank you so much, Knee Deep. Truly appreciate you being the great part of our conversation today. Joe, looking forward to hopefully a conversation tomorrow with Stone Hansen. Maybe something on the weekend. If something pops up, we'll, we'll do something on the fly this weekend. So we'll see what happens, my friend. But keep in tune with us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Looking forward to it. Late night for you once again, my friend. Well, I, I've, I've had a lot of activity going on late at night lately. As you can see, my studio is being constructed. More, more and more, this this thing is going to continue to advance and progress, just like the show is. We are at a dead time right now. I think it hopefully in the next six days, we can start ramping up and getting some more activity going. And then hopefully July 1 will be the beginning of a very positive summer, which I believe it will be. Uh, I believe the Lakers have some options that they can go after and hopefully they can surprise us with a couple of really good options. And I hope that AD and LeBron are doing the necessary things for them, for their bodies, that they can be ready for training camp and hopefully stay healthy throughout the entire season next year. Because uh, I'm already looking forward to the NBA season, which usually around this time I'm burnt out. But uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for for the NBA right now, actually. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it's done. Hopefully the Lakers are going to be ready as well. But that's up to Rob Palenka and the crew, the scouting department, the GM's office and all that. So we'll keep you updated on what's going on here at the Lakers. And hopefully it starts tomorrow or very soon with a conversation with Stone Hansen. Hopefully we'll be back tomorrow to go ahead and talk about that and all the things that are going on in the world of the NBA right here at the Lakers Fast Break.